movement is a very important and very neglected aspect of us being a whole person. So how can I be a catalyst for people in this world where it seems like we become more and more disconnected, the more and more we get connected? What's up, guys? This is Matt from the Human Animal Podcast. We are back after a four-month hiatus uh, where I spent my time seeking wisdom and... um, cleaning diapers and it was awesome how did you guys spend the last four months that's a fantastic question and uh i'm just realizing i have no idea what i've done with my time (laughs) 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 i'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing you know i just try to live in the moment so um i yeah i just i work and exercise and playing around doing yoga become a yogi that means anything nice not a not an official yogi oh that's what i was like you got certified i didn't even know nope nope just in my own brain i'm a yogi okay cool like a yogi bear or okay it's a combo i do two yoga classes and i'm I'm immediately a yogi cool sweet nate what have you been up to dude uh well uh working and i actually uh went on uh, my honeymoon. Uh, so as you all probably do not recall, uh, I got married, uh, like last March. Yeah. Which um, was basically the last time we did a podcast. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, you know, we were moving and, you know, we're super busy and we were just, I guess last month able to fit a honeymoon in. So we went down to, uh, uh, down to the U S Virgin Islands in the dead of winter, uh, there was a 110 degree difference between the Virgin Islands and home. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like upper 80s down there, and at home it was like negative 30. Wow. Yeah. That, and you went home? Yeah, you went back? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I literally was crying in the shuttle on the way back to the airport. <laughs> It it had nothing to do with the uh, with the cliffs or the speed at which we were driving. I promise. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, this winter it has been uh, so incredibly hard to get myself outside. Um, mostly because it has been dangerously cold up here. Um, Wisconsin is unbelievably cold in the winter. Um, but you know, it's today. It's actually like sixty degrees. I can't believe it. So, so after this podcast, without exaggeration, after this podcast, I'm going out to uh, a local playground and I'm spending like an hour outside just moving. That sounds fantastic. It does. Yeah. Is it rainy there too? Huh? Because it's it's really rainy here. So I would do the same, but. We got a really sunny day yesterday though. And I took, uh, took my son outside for the, he's 10 months now and he's. Like oh a champion God. crawler, his favorite thing to do—it's ridiculous right now—is if I'm in on my hands and knees, he wants to crawl between my legs and sit down underneath me so that his head is touching my butt, and he thinks it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and so we just went outside and played in the grass, and it was a little mucky, and it didn't matter. We were just crawling around, and 
throwing uh throwing the toy to to Greta, our dog who was chasing it down, and man, it just felt so good to be outside. I I literally felt like uh like a flower soaking in the sun rays for the first time in like four months and it really like had a such a strong effect on my psyche you know we talk about seasonal affective disorder kind of offhand and the importance of vitamin d but man when you're coming out of winter and into spring the first time you feel it in your bones it's like real Mm -hmm. so so i went outside on wednesday and did work in the parking lot of force i was just sitting on my laptop and i got a sunburn and it was amazing. <laughs> I was so happy. I felt so great. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You got a sunburn doing yes. work in the parking lot. Yes. On March. Yeah, March 10th. 10th. It was so awesome. I was just, I'm surprised I didn't put it on my Instagram. It was that amazing. Yeah. Well, if it doesn't go on Instagram, you know, it didn't really happen. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. Um. I, I am so old. I still don't have an Instagram. I can't I, bring myself to do I, it. I, have, I keep trying. For hipsters. I have never been on Instagram. I don't even know what the hell it is. Really? It's, yeah. it's like Facebook without all the complaining. Oh, so it's just photos? It's just photos with, with comments. And you can do uh, long posts. Photos and videos. So, speaking of uh, Instagram. No, I actually had a thing, a point I was going to make. About part of why uh, we took this four-month hiatus. So one is it can be incredibly hard to get our schedules lined up. And so it's probably a prioritization issue on our part. But the other thing is, and this is something we feel strongly about, is uh, we only really want to do podcasts if we feel like we have good content and good information. And um, having four months to spend where we're just coaching and reading and exploring um is really helpful for us like i think it kind of recharges our batteries and feels like yeah you know what we have some more content that's worthwhile for people and um i kind of think of it you know how people say hey you should write every day to become a a good writer and i say that's absolutely true but it doesn't mean i want to read what you wrote every day Yep. I want to read. I want to read like the actual meat, the stuff that's happening. So we've been having conversations over the last four months. We've been talking about things, but that doesn't mean it was necessarily worthy of uh, podcast stuff. So I'm excited to get back into it. Um, I did. I also had two cool opportunities I, I didn't mention earlier. So Rowan's growing up. It's like the most amazing thing. Being a dad is my favorite. Honestly, it's just so fun. So taking time where I had one less thing to, to, to do on my to-do list and one more reason to just, and I have this huge reason in front of me just to be completely involved what's going on. Um, in the moment and in the moment was like really, really special for me. I did get a couple of cool coaching opportunities. I got to go speak with the Monroe County health department about play and movement and how to integrate that into your life. And it was a really awesome talk. Uh, the thing that, I really learned from it was that people didn't care as much about the theory. They just really enjoyed playing. So that was a really cool opportunity. And then I also had this really cool opportunity to go speak at the Perform Better Institute uh, out in Rhode Island in Providence. Actually, I think it's in West Warwick. And um, got to work with Joe Sansalone and Danny Almeida um, from Original Strength and deliver a workshop out there. And it was just so fun and so cool. So um, looking forward to, uh, in the next couple months, we're going to be 
I'm going to be helping at a MoveNet workshop and be help uh, going to another original strength level two workshop. Um, there's just so much out there, so much, so much cool stuff happening right now that uh, I feel very blessed. So, but I also feel very blessed to have this uh, this time to talk to you guys again today. We thought we'd kind of do a hodgepodge, uh, uh, talk about some different ideas that we've been bouncing around between each other and that we feel are are worthwhile. So, uh, Nate, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's jump in with something we were talking about before we actually got on, on the air, which is something for, I think it's important for, um, coaches to think about and for, uh, the end user clients to think about. And that's, you know, could you at any point explain why you're doing what you're doing as it regards to your exercise or nutrition or anything else. Um, again, I think this is super important for coaches, but um, we've just been really sitting down and critically analyzing what we do uh, a lot and saying, uh, why are we doing this thing the way it is? Is it because we've been doing it this way for so long? Is there new evidence? Could we explain why we're doing what we're doing? And can we explain why we're doing what we're doing, not in a general sense, but as it relates specifically to that person? Um, and that can be a challenging thing to do, but I think it's really important to, in order to set yourself apart as a coach and as an organization, uh, to be able to answer those questions. And as a end user, someone who's maybe training at a gym or going and working with a coach or a personal trainer or anyone else, I think it's... In important that you feel comfortable asking that question of your coach and your trainer and the people you're working with or uh and feel like you can you have a strong sense of communication with them yeah i i completely agree that you know that is absolutely vital to you know understanding uh, you know your own fitness goals and, you know, where you're going, where you're headed. Um, and, you know, as frankly, as someone who's had a much broader view at the fitness industry, um, in recent months, uh, you know, it, looking at, you know, why gyms do what they do and matching that up with your own goals to find a culture in the fitness industry that works for you. So, you know, uh, someplace like, uh, uh, I'm just, you know, like a CrossFit gym, I'm just going to use that cause it's easy and everybody knows CrossFit. Um, you know, they do what they do for, you know, very specific reasons, you know, and, and if, you know, you're someone who's not necessarily real competition motivated and not necessarily, um, you know, wanting to push the envelope. If, if the reason why you want to exercise is because you just want to feel better, CrossFit may not be the best option for you. And so you may want to steer away from that culture. Not Very that it's a bad thing, right? Well, I was, I'm going to pick a bone with you, Nate, and I don't want to rile anyone up because you know that we actually love CrossFit. No, 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 no. I'm but I, truth. I, yeah, I, I was not <laughs> at all criticizing. Yeah, I know you're not. Oh, just, this is this is we what I would you. say, and this is this is what I think happens. Um, not to CrossFit, but to all gyms, 
they do what they do for a very specific purpose, but their application is perhaps pretty general. Does that make sense? Uh, I see what you're saying. So specific like reasons, the- but the reasons, but then how they apply it to individuals is as a general template that kind of just tries to capture as many people as possible. Gotcha. Okay. So, so you're saying even on a micro level, ask why are we doing what we're doing? Yes. Okay. I was saying so like uh, even down to the like why am I doing this specific exercise and how is this going to like specific set and rep range and how is that specifically going to help me achieve my goal? Now, I was going to say, I think if you have concerns about something or you don't understand something, you should always feel free to ask questions. I don't think it's necessarily micromanaging every little thing that happens and questioning everything because that becomes paralysis by analysis, right? I think what we're getting at is that you want to sit down with someone face-to-face and be like, all right, these are the things that are important to me. This is what I love to do, and this is where I want to be. And can you explain to me how your program or what you're going to do for me to get me there? And that person person should be able to outline and highlight things that they're going to do that are specific to you that maybe fit within their general program, but how they're specifically going to benefit you or like the mindset you can take into doing something or things that are going to be that maybe you need to tweak specifically for you rather than... Um, uh, and, and kind of give you those those bullet points of like, these are the different steps we're going to hit along the way. So basically giving you a roadmap to success. Uh, I kind of think about it like uh, a Google, the Google Maps are like the map app on your smartphone, right? So it's really important in the beginning to define what's important to you and why, like we've talked about in our goal setting, uh, in our goal setting podcast a little bit ago, right? Because when you type, you can actually go into a Google Map app and type in Boston. And it's going to put you somewhere in the middle of Boston and you could follow that. Um, But when you get there, you might end up looking around and saying, man, this isn't exactly where I wanted to be. This isn't what I thought I was getting. I'm closer, but I'm not there. And in the beginning, if you have that conversation with someone about how specifically something is benefiting you or why this is important for you to do or just why their program is going to work for you. I think you're more likely to get the specific address and zip code, right? And get to the point where you want to be. Does it make sense? I think I'm, I'm kind of going a little, I think I'm rambling a little bit, <laughs> but, but I mean, what, what is this podcast? If not, you're rambling. Okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so an example, Um, I think an example would be good. So I want to get fit and I want to lose some weight. Someone comes in with those, those things. We say, great. Our programs, our program's perfect for you. Uh, we're going to start you working out three times a week. We're going to look at your nutrition a little bit. It's going to be in, you know, here's our nutrition plan and, uh, we'll check in every month or two and it's going to be fine. And you're like, okay, great. I think that's like getting to Boston. Whereas something specific would be like, okay. What does fit, fitness mean to you? Yeah, exactly. When you say lose weight, uh, why do you want to lose weight? Or what it, what exactly does that mean to you? What do you imagine you're going to be able to do or you're going to look like or like you're going to feel? Like what's that thing? 
How will life how will life would be different? Yep. I need to get over towards Jake because his microphone died, so we can share because he's got good stuff. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. to get in on that. You got to get in on that mic. You and me basically have to be making out the rest of this time. You got to. I, I, I should turn the <laughs> Skype video back on. Huh? I should turn the Skype video. Back oh on yeah. Oh no! Don't 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 record it. <laughs> oh, this, we're just posting here with our shirts off. No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> I, I, my, this my is getting wildly image, inappropriate. My my mental image of that just went to like all <laughs> chest hair. Yeah, matted down chest hair. <laughs> That's it. Um. So like, yeah, getting the why, and this is, I think, it all breaks down into the four goal setting steps we talked about before. So the the four steps, really quickly, that Nate outlined were defining your why, like what motivates you, what's your what's your purpose, your your higher motivation. From that, determining some goals that fit within that framework and then turning those goals into actionable steps that you can take one at a time that are going to get you from point A to point B. And then finally, having some time set aside to reassess both how the habit, the actionable steps are going, like on a micro level, uh, how the goals are going on like a big, on a, uh, uh, a mezzo cycle level and then you know how how this is all contributing to your higher purpose and why and motivation on a macro level and i think that it's not too much to ask that your coach or trainer has something in place where they're they're able to talk to you about those things and those different levels and steps in fact i think that it would not be unreasonable for you to demand that of a coach and trainer you know and also expect it of yourself yeah so this i've kind of taken this concept you guys i don't know if you guys have heard the the term like even coaches need coaches right we need people to be there to hold us accountable to give us feedback um to help heighten our own awareness um but i started thinking this week is that saying maybe a little bit of a cop-out Especially when it comes to program design. Are we, are we really treating... If we treated ourselves like we would treat our you know, most valued client or person, what would we do? And so this is where I started thinking, what are the questions I would ask myself that I'd really want to know that would go into a program? Um, if I was just simply setting up some habits and exercise routines, healthy habits and exercise routines movement practice i would be like okay what's my higher motivation uh what are things that i love to do and how do i feel like fitness uh improves my ability to be a great dad so like for me as an example when i think about my my higher purpose or higher motivation i have three things that always jump out to me that's to be a capable father a capable husband and a capable coach i'm really passionate about all three of those things and being capable means being both physically and mentally and emotionally capable for as long as I possibly can. Like, I want to be able to throw my great-grandkids around when I'm 85. I want to be able to care for myself and care for others. That's To me, that's what capab- like being capable means. So I feel very strongly that fitness and movement and setting these healthy habits uh, is an avenue to do that. 
And then I also know that I derive great joy and um, benefit out of doing natural movement type stuff. Like I just love being in nature. I love the body weight, the, the connection I feel with my own body, with the land, with other people. I love playing in a cooperative and semi-competitive way. Um, those things just, just speak to me on a very deep level. So at the minimum, if I, I want to know that about the person, like I would want, I would want someone training me to know those things. I would, it would f- be really important for me to communicate that stuff to them. And then I would hope that that person would come back and say, okay, so I see what's important to you. I see what you enjoy doing, what you love doing, why you're passionate about it. So let's assess. I want to take an assessment of where you are at right now and what things might hinder that. So I'd want to know about what types of exercises are going to be best for you, what your schedule is like, like how much time you can commit to something like that. Um, And then maybe what are some other things that could help? So for me, you know, I'm basically, I wrote down all this information. I wrote down what I know my injuries are, some limitations are, movements I've had issue issues with or like movement patterns that I've had restrictions in, um, my time restrictions, stress, sleep, all these other things. I take stock of where I'm at right now. And then I'm putting that paper away for about two weeks. And I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to look at this information like I don't know who this person is. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to use my coach brain and say, what is the, what is, what program can I give them that's going to be minimal effective dose, like maximally efficient. It's going to hit all these things, make them feel rejuvenated, make them feel invigorated by movement and make them feel like I'm holding them accountable to some lifestyle habits that are going to benefit them in this big picture as well. I th- and so I'm kind of like, rather than I've always heard in the industry, I've always heard people say coaches need coaches. You should never try to coach yourself. Um, and it's like, well, is that just because coaching quote unquote coaching ourselves just means we go and write a workout on the board and then do it. Or does it mean we're actually sitting down and being mindful of ourselves and of our you know environment and, and putting ourselves through this critical thinking process. And I think that's what coaching is, not just writing a workout on the board. So that's why we say coaches need coaches because we're, we're not doing that for ourselves. I really liked, you know, uh, when this week, whenever you did the breakdown at the end and you, you've been talking about it, but without actually like going into the the same type of speech you had, you had given yesterday, uh, about our, our, our purpose behind training and really thinking about what are we getting out of it and and uh, the investment that we're making. And then what are we doing with the return on that investment? So are we getting really, really, uh, you know, we're getting healthy. And then what are we doing with that, that extra energy and, uh, you know, the, the additional just like capability, you know. Um, you know, just because we can go on a 10-mile hike, well, now we'd go do 10 miles and now, well, I'm capable of doing 15, so I should do 15. And maybe I'm getting a little bit uh, confusing here, but essentially it's like, what, do, what is the purpose for us to be doing these things? Are we getting healthy just to, to get more healthy or are we getting healthy so we can be capable, like Matt was saying, you know, be a capable father, husband, 
uh, just, you know, individual in, in general. Uh, so identification of why am I actually doing this? Am I, am I exercising to get healthy so I can exercise more to get healthier? Or do I have some other thing that my, my newfound health is going to allow me to do better, more, um, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, uh, we do a powwow, uh, try to do a powwow at the end of the week in our group training classes. And this is something that's been really, I've, I've been thinking about myself and I saw a couple of really good posts on it. One was from Frank Forensic, check out, um, exuberant animal, uh, and look at his blog. He's great. And I think it's called the bigger picture. And it was like, man, Frank, you're in my head. Get out of my head, dog. Um, but the idea that if we continually just recycle our health and fitness into trying to create more health and fitness, do we end up at the end of the line being really fit and healthy and looking around and not having these other things that fulfill us? I almost imagine it like an investor because you said return on investment. Am I someone who's, who's spending all my time monitoring the stock market and uh, reinvesting money, reinvesting money, reinvesting money, and then get to the end. And I'm like, I have all this money and I don't have anything else. And we want to make sure that the, this is why I'm so motivated by health and fitness and why I love being a coach and passionate about it, because I really feel this is a call to service to help others enrich and embrace their capabilities and their passions. Because we know movement, sleep, community, nature, rest, food and water, these are so important to the functioning of our minds and bodies and our communities. And it's not, this is like, movement is essential. Like we cannot be functioning human animals, human beings without rich movement. And so is food and so is community and so is nature, all these other things we've talked about. So how can I be a catalyst for people in this world where it seems like we become more and more disconnected, the more and more we get connected, right? The more we, uh, the more disconnected we get from each other, from what our bodies are telling us, from how we feel, how can I be a catalyst? How can I use exercise and movement as the keyhole, the first step into this larger world where everything just expands, where we pull back the curtain and we give you the tools to do to f figure out what it is you want to do and chase it and what's important to you. And like, isn't that so exciting? It gets me pumped up just talking about it. I'm like, yeah, that's my vision. So that's why coach being a coach is one of my things because I just feel so compelled and called to do those things. And uh, it's so exciting to think about. But I don't, I mean, the sad thing is I feel like our, the fitness industry is in a place to do so much good. If we had that unified vision, there wouldn't be uh, like competitiveness or bickering between gyms. There would be like, we should be a community that's embracing something like this. And then we all have different ways of bringing people into the fold and not like an occult way, <laughs> but uh, uh, bringing them into the family bring them into this this bigger perspective and then you're just excited about every other person that's 
getting into it. You're like every new coach that, that is wants to be a part of this. You're like, yes, I want to help you because you're going to help more people. This is so exciting. I just feel like it would change the whole tone of trying to get Facebook likes and get hearts on Instagram and get followers on Twitter and tearing down other people because, you know, I feel like a lot of the tearing down of other people become, comes from like a method approach and we haven't even started talking about principles or philosophy. So anyway, and rant. <laughs> it's almost like the, uh, was like famine mentality where if anyone else is successful, that means we can't be as successful. You know, like yesterday, uh, we were at a, uh, a health fair at one of the local like community colleges and it was all different like businesses in regards to health. So there's like Jazzercise, Zumba, Payo, rock climbing gym, us, you know, all sorts of stuff, massage therapy. And so we're, we're posted up right next to or, you know, our little table, um, right next to the rock climbing gym and people are coming over and talking to me. And as I'm, uh, you know, asking them questions and seeing, you know, kind of evaluating, would this person be a good fit for us? Sometimes the answer was no, but I thought, okay, this person still is, they're, they're at a health fair, so they're looking for fitness. So maybe try to direct them somewhere else. So someone, you know, said, hey, you know, maybe a, a better fit for you would be something like Jazzercise. And I know a number of times I referred people to go over to this, to, to Hoosier Heights. I was like, hey, if you're just looking for an activity to do with your, you know, your kid, this is going to be a really great thing. You guys will both love it. And so it's more find what you love, like find some sort of exercise or activity that you enjoy and that is going to be sustainable for you because it's the movement that we want to do. And it's more about improving our community than necessarily like blowing up us, yeah. you know? It's bringing back that sense of Ubuntu. I am who I am because of who we are. And, uh, Man, there's just so much potential. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with that term. Where did Ubuntu come from? Ubuntu comes from uh, uh, an African tribe. I know that wasn't very specific. You can actually look it up on Wikipedia. It is. It is a saying. Um, it's a tribal saying. It is. It is a Linux distribution as well. If you like the Ubuntu operating system, um, <laughs> but. But Linux is also open source. Everyone's contributing to one thing with a sh unified vision, but they all have their unique capabilities that they're able to contribute. So I think the Ubuntu is actually pretty, yeah. Well done. Well done. Nerds unite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's really fascinating, right? But um, how does 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 that? I'm I'm hoping I, I'm guessing Nate because you're on this podcast with us. I struck a chord with you too. But how? Did, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean it's um, frankly I was just trying to absorb all of it. Um, yeah, I mean it 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 makes so much sense, you know it, that really what we need to do is we need to be. Uh, healthier human beings, not just more fit human beings. And, you know, uh, 
and we need to be you know more aware of what our motivations are and what we enjoy and what brings joy and you know essentially that comes down to the whole person so you know movement is a very important and very neglected aspect of us being a whole person you know just like you said earlier you know it's as important as food and sleep and water and you know if we neglect it and we don't pay attention to it and don't care for it just like the same way that we care for you know our emotional lives or you know, we care for our bodies, you know, then, you know, we're not going to be whole healthy human beings. I, I agree with you. And I think you, we, we say it so often that it comes back to our why. If we clearly define our why and we know, you know, what our purpose is, then these other things are, they're just the details. You know, if my why is because, you know, I want to help people and I want to, to you know, as Matt said, be capable in, you know, in a variety of ways, then I know that there's, there's a point of diminishing returns in terms of, you know, training every single day so I can, you know, bench press a thousand pounds. At what point in time does benching more weight or doing whatever – uh, stop helping me be capable and be better at those things that I'm, I'm passionate about. Right. And this is the thing. If you love bench pressing and you love the feeling of being strong and how it makes you in the community that you're in and everything else, inspiring people to do, to push the limits of physical of like what we know the human body can do or what you can do, dude, do that. Just identify that. That's why you want to do it. You know, I, we had one, one person in our gym the other day, just, I was asking him about, cause he wanted to do, it's like, dude, I just want to get shredded for the beach. And I was like, I don't know if I've told the story in this podcast before or not. He's like, I just want to get shredded for the beast, the beach. And I was like, you know, okay, what's really motivating you behind this? And he was just, he was just, <laughs> he said, you know what, Matt, uh, I'm a humble person, but I'm a vain person. <laughs> and I mean, we could have explored that a little bit more, uh, probably, uh, but in the, but in the moment I was just like, dude, he, he knows what he wants. You know what I mean? Like he's at least in touch with something. Uh, there might be more layers under that, but, uh, for, for our first, uh, therapy session, I thought it was perfect. <laughs> I, I'm impressed at how self-aware that person was. Yeah, it was great. Or, or uh, self-aware and then how honest. I love it. Oh, we have a little visitor. Rowan's coming in to see. This is his first time in four months seeing podcasting equipment, so he doesn't even know what the heck it is. Hi. <gasps> Love my family. <sighs> it's the best. Um, okay, you can change him. It's fine. That's okay. Rowan, he's going to get changed in the background. We're going to roll. It's fine. Uh, and a couple more things I was going to bring up. Really quick. I know we're, we're running short on time. I don't want to go too far. But another conversation Jake and I had uh, recently <laughs> is how my dog is. <laughs> now the dog wants love, too. 
another conversation Jake and I had recently was we've been reading some really interesting books, like good books. Um, uh, two of them were How to Win Friends and Influence People, very well known. Another one was called Crucial Conversations, very well known. And we were talking about, like, what is the kernel of truth behind these books? Because they really resonated with our team. And I, I kind of made the comment, you know, I, I could probably write a self-help book because I think all this stuff boils down into two points. I can make it, I could do a self-help book in one page or like a, a you know, living life better in one page. And the two points we were going to make were, one, it's all about being mindful, both of yourself and of others. Like, where are people coming from? What's their emotional state? What's their reasons for doing something? Where are you coming from? How are you reacting to a situation? Um, and then two, genuinely caring about other people. And if you can bring those two things together as much as possible across anything in your life, whether it's business, talking, uh, uh, crucial conversations or like difficult conversations with loved ones or coworkers or other people, it goes on and on and on. Uh, I think it would improve politics. I think it could improve school, education, parenting, learning. There's so much stuff um, that can be captured by just focusing on those two things. And I think the beauty of the simplicity is that, you know, what I see is a lot of these books come out that just take those two concepts and then deep dive. But they don't necessarily highlight those two concepts. They take a deep dive on like, oh, how can you be mindful and aware? I think that stuff's great, but... uh, I don't know, Nate, what do you think of that? No, I, I think that's spot on, man. It's, um, I, I mean, I can see why there are a lot of self-help books out there that focus on those two things. I mean, those are big topics. Um, but naming them is very powerful. Hi, Rowan. He's just grabbing the microphone. I thought he was going to talk. <laughs> it's a family affair here. <laughs> Nothing wrong we with that. We could probably deep dive into that idea for another podcast, like, like how do we be mindful and how do we, you know, how do we cultivate genuine, a uh, uh, practice of genuinely caring about other people? I think that'd be a really good one. I, I wish you could see my face right now. I'm like smiling ear to ear. That is a great idea. Yeah. What do you guys think? Is this a, is this a good, do you have anything else, uh, any other concepts that we should throw out there? No, I, I think this is uh, a good place to end and we're setting ourselves up for uh nice follow-up episode all right awesome uh we are glad to be back i'm like so happy i get to talk to you guys and i'm hanging with my family at the same time this is like my coach husband father trifecta Ah! (laughs) 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 so uh thank guys thanks so much for sticking with us and for listening and uh we'll talk to you next time have a great week